Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of Jonah, chapter 1. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, that was pretty weak. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. Everybody ought to. Oh, he's worthy of the praise this morning. Can you shout hallelujah? Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, verse 15. I have missed church this week. How about you? My spirit has been, feels restored being here. And uh, it just feels good to be in the house of God. There's no place like it. Feel like when you're not in church that your oil is going low in your lamp. How many felt that way? But when you get here, you get your oil filled back up, oil of gladness and joy. Amen. Lavelle, we're so glad to see you here today. So glad you're here. And Rebecca, so glad that you're here. So thankful. We love your son, Zion. I know. No wonder. He's a keeper. And we love him, Brother Jeremy Smith, our founding pastor's great-grandson. We're so glad you're here with us. I see Brother Derek and Sister Katie back there. So glad they're back with us this morning. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. I think I saw Grandma holding the baby. I thought I did. Oh, it, that's... Uh, <laughs> it's not grandma. <laughs> but we're so glad they're here and all of you that have gathered here this morning. Verse 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had what? He prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Matthew chapter 12 verse 40. Let's, let's settle an argument here. When I was in school, they said, well, the Bible doesn't say he was swallowed by a whale, just by a great fish. Let's see what Jesus said. Matthew 12 and verse 40. Are you ready? Is anybody ready? All right. For as Jonas or Jonah was three days and three nights in the, I'd say he was in the belly of a whale, wouldn't you? And uh, I'd like from these portions of Scripture to preach to you, God prepares fish. God prepares fish. Everybody say that with me. God prepares fish. Amen. God bless you as you may be seated. In Genesis chapter 1, it, it tells us in the teaching of creation that God said in verse 20, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created what? Great Wells and every living creature that moveth, moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. God prepares fish. Everybody say, God prepares fish. I sort of pray that prayer when I go fishing. Lord, would you just send one to me? Any fishermen know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've even deer hunted and said, Lord, would you just send me the big buck? I don't care if he's sick. Send me one that can't see out of one eye or something. Just his, all of his sensors are messed up. Just let me, let me uh, uh, 
if you're a hunter, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, but God prepares fish. And when you look at the scripture, you'll find there's a man by the name of Jonah. There's probably not a more famous fish than the one that I'm about to talk about now. Um, Jonah has the hand of the Lord upon his life. As a matter of fact, God calls him. He's known as a prophet. Everybody say the prophet Jonah. He, he's not just somebody else. He has been designed for a time and designed for a place specific. You'll find that the Ninevites were an evil, idolatrous nation. Some believe they were a nation of about 180,000 people. Depends on which study you'd read, but there's quite a bit of people there. They had sinned against the Lord and against the people of God and provoked God to anger. God can be provoked to anger. He can be provoked to wrath. And it was in the heart of the Lord to bring judgment upon them. And so God visits the prophet. I don't want to do anything to make God mad at me, do you? No, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But this nation had, and one thing I've learned, that he is slow to anger. God is slow to anger. It wasn't just one thing, but they continually must have done something that began to provoke the Lord to the Lord said, I've had enough, sort of like Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, God was going to bring judgment. And so he visits his prophet by the name of Jonah and says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach the God. I want you to go tell them that judgment's coming. And um, study would reveal that, that Jonah didn't want to. I used to think because they've killed prophets, but that's not why he didn't want to go. Uh, he didn't like the Ninevites. He knew his role as a prophet, that if he would prophesy judgment, what meant is that mercy's on the way. He understood his role as a prophet, that God is not just a God of judgment, but he's also a God of mercy because he's slow to anger, but he's quick to forgive. The Bible tells us that mercy and truth are together. You don't have one without the other. If truth comes in the door, you'll find that mercy is the one escorting the truth into the door. You never just have judgment alone. If judgment's coming against you, you feel the judgment of God. It's because God is trying to bring mercy to your life because he has something better for you than what is going on. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God today? Is there anybody glad for the mercy of God? Praise the name of the Lord. Everybody say, mercy has walked into the room. And Jonah did not want mercy to come to the Ninevites. One study believes that Jonah's father was killed by the Ninevites and he knew if I tell them judgment is coming, they'll sure enough repent and God will give them mercy and I want those people to be destroyed. I don't know if I want that type of preacher in my world that, that doesn't want mercy in my life, but this is Jonah. Jonah is the prophet of God. And when the Lord tells him in Jonah chapter 1, he said, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. You'll find that, that, that Nineveh from Tarshish, Joppa, you'll find where this place is Joppa, where he's about to get on a boat. Joppa is near Jerusalem on the Mediterranean Sea. Nineveh would be going north, uh, uh, northeast toward Babylon, he said, I'm going to get on a ship and I'm going to go to Tarshish. That's what he did. When he was going to Tarshish, Tarshish was 2,500 miles away. You're talking about going as far away from the will of God as you can. Be like leaving here and going to California, Brother Dylan. It's a long ways away. He wasn't just getting on a boat and going out of town. He was going about as far as he could. West away from what God was calling him to do. And sometimes it is that way. That when the hand of the Lord comes upon somebody, instead of going toward what God wants, they run from the call of God. They run from what God wants them to do. I will pause here today and say to you, why would you run from what God is calling you to do? How many's ever heard the statement, I ran from my calling? How many's ever heard that? Would you help me? How many, how many's uh, ever run from your calling? You don't have to raise your hand, but 
probably here. You, uh, Brent Barton moved all the way to Texas to get away from it. Didn't you, Brother Brent? And you're, you're home now, so I think you ought to preach for us on Wednesday night. How about it? You think Brother Brent ought to preach for us on Wednesday? Hard to say no when I ask you from the pulpit, isn't it? Anybody else want to raise your hand? No, I'm just teasing. He and I have been talking about this, but sometimes when the call of God comes, instead of doing what God wants, we go the opposite direction. It's exactly what Jonah did. He went down to Joppa. He, he gets in a ship going to Tarsus, went down into the ship. It seems like any time you get away from, the Bible says, and he went, verse 2 says, he went unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Nothing ever good is going to happen in your life if you go from the presence of God. You ought to be running to the presence of God. It doesn't matter if God's asking you to do something above you, beyond you, more than you can do. If you're in the presence of God, where His presence is, there's fullness of joy. Amen. Your limitations become unlimited. Your fears will walk away from you. Everybody say, in the presence of the Lord. He goes from the presence of God. When He does, He gets on a ship that's, that's, that's going the opposite of His direction. He gets on this ship and it's not long until a storm comes. It's not just a storm, it's a raging storm. It's not just a raging storm, even those on the boat know this storm's from God. This storm isn't right. They went on as far as they say, there's somebody on this ship that has sin in their life. Who is it? They weren't, they weren't followers of Jehovah, but they had enough understanding about the times and the seasons and, and storms and know this was not supposed to happen now. How I many know oh, there's certain seasons you don't travel? They would have understood that. And now there's this raging storm. And they said, who is it that sinned? And finally, it was Jonah that said, it's me. I'm the one going away from my purpose. I'm the one going away from what God has asked me to do. He went as far to tell them, if you will throw me overboard, throw me out into the sea, he said, your storm will stop. I'm the problem. I'm the reason for what's going on here. And you know what the Bible says? They wouldn't do it. They rode even the more. They, they tried their best to get him through the storm. There's some people you can't get them through the storm. Because the storm is there to change them. It doesn't matter how much you help them. It doesn't matter how much you pray for them. It doesn't matter how much you fast. It doesn't matter how much. God has prepared the storm. Many of you are in this building today because there was a storm that came in your life. It looked like it was going to destroy you, but it didn't. It just puts you where you're supposed to be. Thank God for storms. I come to preach to the anchor today and anybody watching online, God knows how to prepare a storm in your life to put you where you're supposed to be. Somebody shout amen. He looked at them and finally when they realized, they started throwing over the wares. You know what the wares were? It's what they had been contracted. It's sort of like the FedEx in a boat. It's the UPS in a boat. It is. They were, they, were, they were delivering valuables that did not belong to them. They were contracted and they were paid to get them from point A to point B. It was a shipment that was going there. And they started throwing over the stuff, trying to lighten the boat to save this guy that's going from the presence of the Lord. You can't save anybody that's going from the presence of the Lord. But when he came to the acknowledging I'm the reason for the storm. God is moving. Listen, it's amazing. Most people know when they're going from God that has a, uh, know the voice of God, they know what direction they're going. I'll pause here today and ask you, which direction are you going? Are you going to the call of God or going your own path? He came to an acknowledgement. Everything around me is going to crumble. He said, throw me over finally. They picked him up. They picked him up. Come here, Jonah. Peyton, come here. Come here, Brother Zion. Help me. Come here, Brother Andrew. Lay down there, Jonah. Boy, you're too close to the edge. It's dangerous in the storm. Be that close to the edge. Get on over here. 
Grab his feet. Andrew, grab his hands. On the count of three, throw him as far as you can. Just teasing. Boy, they did that, I'd be in real trouble. They grabbed him. One, two. You're scaring me. That's going better than I thought it would. <laughs> On the count of three, they threw him over. And when they, he landed in the water. Get out there in the water. Go on. You're standing pretty good. You're not walking on it. Get down in it. As soon as he hit the water. Storm stopped. And they went on. Go ahead, y'all go back. They went on. It was so dark. It was so dark. And that boat, you'll see on the cruise line the other day where somebody fell off the cruise ship. I've been out there. I've been on two cruises. You've never seen such darkness as out in the middle of nowhere in the sea. In the middle, late, mid midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. I've been out there on the bow of a ship late. Just listen to the water. Can't see a light anywhere. And I thought, man, the terror of falling off of that boat and the ship just keep on going. And that's exactly what happened. He is soaking wet. When we pour some water on you, just make it, make it really feel good. Wouldn't be the first time, would it, huh? Hey, he's out there. It's dark. He's just trying to stay afloat. And I don't know if, I don't know what music came on the scene at this moment, but it sounded like Jaws, I think. <laughs> but out of nowhere came a whale. And it came right to him. It wasn't just a whale, it was a fish, a great fish, meaning a big fish. That God had prepared, tailor-made for you. And it opens up. Swallows him. You imagine it's one thing to be out on the water. You know what you're fearing? You're not just fearing drowning in a sea. You're fearing fish. Can I get a witness? I was in the, in, in the waters of Florida knowing there are alligators everywhere. You see them on the bank. My buddy fell off the boat. And the motor that was on the boat just kept on going. You've never seen my cousin Sammy swim so fast in all your life. He put up on that John boat, and as soon as he did, I, I was trying to stop it. Put up, as soon as he did, he, he threw his body up over the John boat and just lifted his legs up in there just like that. Afraid those alligators going in. That's, that would, that's what would have been in him. But I think there was something in him that believed God could turn it around. I don't think he would have said, threw me over. He didn't think God could fix the situation. Can I tell you, don't ever lose faith even when you're wrong. I feel this so strong in prayer. And God, everybody say, God prepared the fish. And it opened up and swallowed him up. And he is now in the belly. You can have a seat. He's disappeared from the scene. That, that well swallows him up. And then begins to submerge itself into the dark waters of that sea. He's there, the Bible tells us, for three days, three nights. It, you know, you're talking about a long 12 hours. You're talking about a, the next night you have insomnia, just think of Jonah. He's in the belly of a fish. It should have destroyed him. He should have been digested. He's down there floating in stomach waters. You're talking about smell terrible. He's got seaweed wrapped around his head. Hard to tell what else is in there. I, I, I like to think it was a blue whale. Great big fish. First thing it names that he created in the sea. It talks about it was, it was, it was great whales that he fixed. I, I've always been infatuated with the blue whale. They're, they're they're so, they're massive, over 100 feet long. They're, and here he is, he's there. Well, it, it, it just, I just don't believe God's, God, God put him in a whale and he, he would have died in that stomach. It was a prepared fish. It was designed not to kill him. It was designed. It would have only submerged so deep because of hydraulic pressure that changes every eight feet. The pressure, you, you've ever, how many of you have ever been diving? And every, every so many feet you've got to, 
equalize the pressure in your ears or your eardrums are bust. And, and I've been down. I grew up by a river. I'd swim down so far. And then I have to equalize the pressure in my head from hydraulic pressure of the water. It would have went down to where he felt pressure, but it wasn't going to destroy him. He was in enough mess, but it wasn't going to destroy him. This, this, this place that he is now in for not just one day, but two days, but three days in the belly of a whale, that at some point there, he said, from the belly of hell, cried I. It can't get any worse. I've had enough of where I'm at. I don't want to be here anymore. And the Bible says that when he, he prayed that prayer, he said, I cried by reason of my affliction in chapter 2, verse 2, under the Lord, and he heard me. Jonah said, I was in a place that nobody could find me. I was in the belly of a fish down somewhere in the sea. And when I cried unto God, help me. See, sometimes in life you can't pray fancy. The only thing you can say is, oh God, I need your help. Oh God, I need you to deliver me. Oh God, I'll come out of this and go where you want me to go. Can I tell you, his ear is not dull that he cannot hear you in the, in the belly of a well. He knows where you're at. He's not giving up on you. Somebody shout amen. He said, and from the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Can I tell you? He said, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods can pass me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters can pass me about, even to the soul. The death closed me around about the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. Oh Lord my God. When my soul fainteth within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They didn't observe thy lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of of thanksgiving I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord I come to tell you today God's not done with you God's not finished with your family God's not done this situation is going to turn it all around somebody shout God prepares fish I wonder what God has prepared in your life. It's dark, but it's not destructive. Yes, it's deep, it's pressing, but it's not destructive. Can I say to you, the fish was prepared. It looked like corruption, but it was safe. He was safer in the belly of a whale than he was in a ship with strangers. He's safer in the trial of his life. You know why? Because it was a fish that represented the mercy of God. Listen, I don't care where you're going. I've got something better for you than where you're going. I've got a plan for your life. Come on, I'm preaching to you. There's more to this than God just fixing us. There's more to this than God saving us. There's more to this than God just healing us. Jonah, what you've got to understand, I didn't call you just to be a prophet. I didn't call you just to be a man. I'm not saving you just to save you. I think sometimes we, we, we belittle God into thinking, oh, if he'll just heal my body. There's a whole lot more to this than him healing your body. If he'll just save me, I don't want to go to hell. There's more to this than just not going to hell. What he had was destiny. And destiny not only has a timing, it has a location. And Jonah, your destiny is not Tarshish. And your destiny is not later. I've already spoke to you to do it now. We've heard as long as we can. We teach our children, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Because if you do not, it's not the judgment of God. It's the mercy of God. They said, get up and go to Nineveh. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting on my boat. I'm going on my own thing. I'm going to live my own life. I'm starting over. 
I'm starting over. Why do I hear that in my ear today? I'm starting over. I'm just going to do my own. I'm just, I'm just going to go on. I'm going to forget about the call of God. No, 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 no. God heard you at eight years old. He formed you from your mother's womb and before. Come on, Jeremiah, I ordained you to be a prophet. Before I formed thee in the womb, I ordained you to be a prophet. And I, I hear even in prayer this morning the statement that Mordecai said to his, 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 his cousin that he raised, Esther, don't you know that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Don't you know that now is the acceptable time? It's not tomorrow. It's right now. And God will prepare a fish. He's good at preparing fish. That's why when he showed up at Simon Peter's boat, Simon Peter didn't really know who he was. He said, can I get out on your boat for a little bit? He talked from his boat. Simon Peter hadn't caught anything. It was empty. He had empty nets. You know why I believe? Because I believe the Lord directed every fish away from his nets. He needed him to become empty. He needed him to have a, 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 a stagnant moment. He knows how to send the fish and to stop them. Do you believe that? And he pulls up empty nets, come in. Jesus gets on his boat, tells him to cast his net over the side. And there's so many fish in that net that he had to have James and John to help him. No accident that James and John were there because they're also going to be disciples of the Lord. And he looks at them and the nets are so full he has to have help. And when he does, Simon Peter falls on his face and repents and says, I'm a sinner. I now know that you're the master because nobody can send fish like you do. You have to be God in the flesh. You have to be the Messiah. Come on. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do in some of your lives. He's going to bring such success. You're going to have to repent again and say, it's beyond anything I could have ever done by myself. It had to be the Lord. It had to be God. Oh, I feel a breakthrough. I feel something happening. God knows how to send the blessing. God knows how. Somebody shout amen. He falls on his knees and says, I'm unworthy for you to be in my boat. When I see the fish that you prepared for me. And then the Lord turns around and ponders this question to him. This statement, he said, Simon Peter, I'm not here boxing it. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. The Christian emblem comes out of that. You'll see it on Christian car bumpers. Just a mere metal shaped silhouette of a fish. Because he compared reaching people to going fishing. Simon Peter makes some mistakes, doesn't he? He has some failures done. He denied the Lord three times. Oh, the Lord, he wouldn't, but he did. Because the Lord saw in his heart what he couldn't see in his heart. Can I tell you, God called you even though there's stuff in your heart he didn't approve of. Only some of you heard me. I said God called you even though there was stuff in your heart that he didn't approve of. And he looks at Simon Peter and he says, Simon Peter, he said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Oh, Lord, maybe James will, maybe John, but not me. I'm with you through thick and thin. He said, oh, no, Simon. He said, Satan desires to sift you, but I pray for you that your faith fail thee not. Simon, what you don't realize, you're with me, but you're not converted yet. There's things down in your heart. Can I tell you, I pastor people in ministry that have things in the heart that haven't been changed yet, but it will. Come on, I pastor people that are new people that God has called. There's things in their heart that haven't been changed yet, but they will. Come on. Don't give up on one another because somebody makes a mistake. Simon Peter walked out and denied Jesus and caused him to be crucified. part of that he didn't cause his crucifixion but he was a part of his denial oh God and when he heard the cock crow he fell to his knees again I'm unworthy he said it would happen I personally believe that when he heard the cock crow he could look up at a distance and see Jesus staring at him the failure within the mistake within but he had already told him I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
Well, sir, you bind on the earth, it's going to be bad. That was predetermined before he ever denied the Lord, and the Lord knew he was going to, de- he was going to deny him. You think your mistake surprised God? You think your failure surprised God? You think that stuff that's in your heart that was there that you were trying to suppress and act like wasn't there that's been in there for 27 years surprised God? He knows all things are naked and open unto him with whom we have to do. And though he knew all the stuff that's here and down in here, he called you anyhow and he said, this is what I'm going to do in your life. He said, this is what I'm going to do in your life. Come on, I'm preaching right now. Come on, you've had some issues. You've made some mistakes. But God said, I'm not done. I will prepare the fish again. I will stir the deep again to get you to where you need to be. Simon Peter's story starts off with this story of casting a net and there is fish there. He follows Jesus for three and a half years and seemingly ends his relationship with Jesus miserably. Denying him when he says, I don't even know who he is. Do you know how many people were at the bar stool this weekend that's going to be preaching in the near future? Come on. You know how many backsliders have stuff in their refrigerator that's going to be teaching Sunday school, singing in the choir, doing a work for God because God's not done. I said, God's not finished yet. I come to preach to this congregation. God knows how to prepare the fish. God knows how to prepare fish. From the shore, he from the shore. He he feels discouraged. The, the Lord's already been with them. He's already personally appeared. He told, he told Mary, you go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm alive. She goes and tells them he's alive. John and Simon Peter run as fast as they can. They show up to the tomb and it's empty. Jesus appears before them. Here's my hand, Prince. Here I am. He's loving on them. He's been spending time in those 40 days after his resurrection. Somewhere in that, Simon Peter knows what he's done. Seemingly is unworthy of his relationship with Jesus Christ. He looks at his colleagues, his disciple friends and says, the last chapter of John, he said, I'll go fishing. You know what he's saying? I'll never be able to do what Jesus said I was going to do. So I'm just going to go unfold those nets. I'm going to go inherit my father's business. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. That was a rich fishing business. Y'all don't eat a lot of fish unless you're fishermen. Not not Midwest. Y'all eat corn, potatoes, and noodles. Spam. (laughs) I don't know if I can preach after spam right now. (laughs) Noodles and beef with mashed potatoes on top. And I get a witness from somebody. (laughs) Honey, why haven't we incorporated this into our holidays? That's not enough carbs in that meal. we got to add some rolls and macaroni and cheese. Can I get a witness from somebody in the building? (laughs) Yeah, I don't eat fish, but you go to the Middle East. You go over there. It is a delicacy. There's fish everywhere, fish markets. It's a part of that part of the world. It's not as much as a part of our world unless you're in California on the coast. Salmon, smoked salmon, glory. What I'm saying to you, he said, I can't succeed in the kingdom. So I'll just go back and settle for my job plan that I had lined out before Jesus came into my life. He unfolded what he had given up. Got his nets out, his own disciples did with him because all of them had walked away except John. Are y'all with me? John went home with Mary. All of them felt like they had failed him. Matter of fact, Simon Peter's son of the gospel was named John Mark or Mark or Marcus. All the same person wrote the book of Mark. He ran so fast away from the Lord at the crucifixion, he literally ran out of his clothes. Terrified. But what they would crucify them as well. They crucified the master they followed. Ran from Christ. Isaiah 61 being fulfilled that he treaded the winepress alone. 
He went to Calvary all by himself. <laughs> he went alone to bring you out of your isolation. Some of you have separated yourself from the body. Isolated yourself because of situations. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a togetherness that's going to, God's going to bring in you. And your ministry is going to flourish like never before. I feel the anointing. Some of you aren't here today because you have isolated yourself through unworthiness, feeling judged or whatever. But I come to tell you, God's going to bring you out of that. And your greatest days are ahead of you, not behind you. Come on, jump to your feet as I come to a close. Jump to your feet and help me preach for a moment. God's not finished with you yet. He said, I go fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth, entered into a ship immediately. And that night, they caught nothing. You know why? Because the same one at the beginning of the story, three and a half years earlier, that had told the fish no. Y'all believe that? If it was a bad season of fish, they wouldn't have went. But the Lord prepares fish. Don't you go to that net. Don't you get anywhere near that boat. All those fish to swim in one of those big circles. Y'all with me right now? All of a sudden, they're out there. When the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew. Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not it was Jesus. Here they are, moping down in the dumps. This didn't even work. I tried to go back to my career, but I'm not having any success there either. And on their way from their moping situation, they look at a stranger standing on the shore waiting on them. You know who he is? He's the fish preparer. And there's a little smoke coming up off a of fire. And on those hot coals, the Bible says, there are fish are cooking. Because God knows how to prepare fish. And what they couldn't find out there, he had waiting on them right here. I don't care how many times you've denied him. How many times you walked away. You can, find it, you can try to get joy out of all kinds of things, but you're not going to find it. Preacher! Yeah, my heart's been empty. Can I just word it this way? Your net's empty. Because your joy is not going to come from your success. Your joy is not going to come from a career. Your joy is not going to come from a, from a, from a new car. Your joy is only going to come from the Prince of Peace. It's him. Haggai said that, that your bags will go empty and your holes will have your pockets have holes in them. Your drink won't satisfy, your eat won't fill. Because God knows how to prepare fish. Are y'all hearing me? He can take a little things and make them fulfilling, like five loaves and two fishes, and make everybody satisfied with just a few crumbs. That's he's able, he's in control of your life, not you. You could say, I'm going to do my own thing. But you're going to be like Jonah somewhere in a storm. Everything's. I would just say to you that when it happens or if it happens, you just acknowledge that I just need to go where God wants me to go. All of a sudden they said, it's the Lord. And when they said, it's the Lord on the, on the shore, what did he say to them? He said, cast the net on the right side of the ship. And ye shall find. I've heard that before. Haven't I heard that statement before? And they take the net and when they throw it over, they cast and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Because when they obeyed the voice of Jesus, what he had prepared for them came to them. Do you want what God has prepared for you? Obey his voice. If Simon Peter would have cast the net on the left side, the fish wouldn't have went. But there was commandment in every fish in that area that said as soon as the net comes down on the right side of the ship, all those fish ran right to that net. You believe that? That's exactly what I believe. 
Hallelujah. God prepares fish. Look at your neighbor and say, fish are safe. That means your empty net is safer than a full net out of the will of God. I'm going to say it again. I said an empty net is safer than a full net out of the will of God. And when he prayed from the belly of a fish that God prepared. Look at your neighbor and say it wasn't killing him. It was just changing him. Tell somebody that stinks in there. Hey, here came a fish that turned him around. Look at your neighbor and say that fish is going to turn you around. There is a call of God in this room right now. Can, can I say that the fish turned around and started heading to where? Started heading toward Nineveh. It's no longer going to Tarshish. It's headed in the right direction. And when he prayed... That thing, oh my goodness, got sick of that preacher. Do you believe your situation can get sick of you being in there because you don't belong there forever? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You don't belong in that trial forever. You don't belong in that emptiness forever. You don't belong in that forever. I want somebody to shout with me right now the situation's about to change. And that fish, that great fish that well Jesus said turn around and headed to the shore and when it went belly up on the edge of that bank opened its mouth and spit him out and here came a man jumped out of that you know where he went he went straight to Nineveh he come crawling out of the mouth of a fish I'm telling you no matter what you're going through you say God take me to my destiny take me to my something greater for you than just existing. Oh, it's a cruise line crisis. But it's a salvation in the form of a fish that took him where God wanted him to be. Everybody say, where matters, where matters. and when matters. when matters. Shout it again, where matters, where matters. when matters. When it didn't just drop him off of any city. Don't ever say, well, it's just any city. God will just whatever city. Oh, no. Where I am matters to God. It didn't take him to another country. It took him where he said he was called to go. Come on, that trial is going to put you in the will of God. I'm closing on this. I'm going to let you pray. Brother Justin Unger. Destiny is so powerful. Destiny is so powerful. It will pull you out of every situation. Did you hear that? Destiny is so powerful. It will pull you out of storms, out of the belly of whales. It will pull you out of pits that people put you in. It will pull you out of sicknesses that life puts you in. Because if God's not done with you, he's going to bring you out of this and take you where he's called you to be. I'm preaching to the body right now. You can come out of where you are. God's got something better. I want every, every person praying in the building right now, pray the way you feel it. Come on, God's prepared fish. Some of you are about to enter the best place of success you've ever been in. Your emotions are going to be stable. Your joy is going to be stable. No more insomnia or fear. You're going to be everything you imagine going to be in that. He's sending the fish because you obeyed his word. I want everybody in the room to pray. God, I'm sorry for going away from your presence. 
I'm sorry for going the wrong direction. Come on, everybody in the room, I want every person to repent. I'm sorry for not doing your will and instead of doing my own. I want the music to stop. I want everybody to look at me and I give you a serious word today. Serious word. Every single one of you is going to stand before God. And you're going to give an account for what you've done with your life. God didn't intend you for, the, for you to spend it all on you. The most expensive thing you will ever do is use all your resources for you. I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to lead you and tell you what God tells me to tell you. You know what the word sin means? You know what the word, Sister Rachel, you know what the word sin means? It's a three-letter word, sin. It's a dark word. It just simply means to miss the mark of your destiny. It's whatever you do to separate yourself from what God has destined for you to do. Y'all list all kinds of things like addictive things and cheating and lying and all those things. You call those sins. But true sin is anything that diverts you from the will of God. And when he went to the cross, he died to save you from everything that's keeping you from his purpose for your life. Not just a little lie here, a little cheat here, a little something there. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all about purpose. It's all about destiny. It's about fulfilling the will of God in your generation. I've got a question for this entire congregation. What are you going to do with the gifts that God gave you? Because you will give account for every single thing you do with the things he's given to you to make a difference in your generation. It's a scary thought. I'm going to show you how important it was to God that he created a fish to pick one man up and to take him back to where he belonged and change the way he thought. And he heard him the entire, he was praying from the belly of a fish and said, go on to Nineveh. That's where I want you to be. Quit questioning your future based upon your ability. He doesn't call the equipped. He will equip the called. Did you hear this preacher? Come on, I haven't soured this service. I've given a direct word. Amen. God is calling you Amen. to greater things than your own ability. Yes. I wish somebody would praise him. You're not here by accident. God has brought you here to heal you and to send you. Come on, I want somebody to say, I want to be healed and I want to be sent. If God is calling you, I want you to come. I don't want you to wait on one other person. If God is calling you, you feel a touch, a pull. If God calling you, I want you to come. <laughs> I was praying for somebody this morning. The Lord said, they settled not to do my will. Don't even attend here anymore, but that's what God told me about them. So they've settled to not do my will. Oh, God, don't ever let me settle to not be in your will. Come on, you feel a call of God, a pull of God, a touch of God. I wouldn't wait on one person. Every single one of us are going to give an account for what we did with the talents and the gifts that God gave us. He's called you to serve. There's a Nineveh in your future, I promise you. You might be a child today, but you're going to be a man one day to give account. What you've done with the call and the touch of the Lord in your life. I want every hand lifted right now. Every eye closed. Every hand lifted and say, God, I don't want to miss what you have for me. Come on, there's, a, there's, a, there's conviction here. on there's a call of God you are valuable to him you're not just a church member 
Just somebody not going to hell. He knows your name, Simon Peter. Jonah, he heard your voice specific. He heard you call out to him from a bar room. He heard you call out to him from a drunken stupor. He heard you call out to him from the pain of life. God's getting your attention because something greater is ahead of you. His blood will cover every mistake, every sin. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Money will not substitute the call of God. You can't have enough vacations to substitute the call of God. Who's going to carry the burden and reach? to the Lord he's called you for this hour come on saints of God help help this pastor pray come on people of God help this pastor pray Lord I pray that you would prepare fish for everybody in the congregation to put them in your will be lost because they missed the mark of their destiny. Let destiny pull them to where they need to be. Let consecration pull them to where they need to be. Let them be an old-fashioned desire to consecrate and dedicate. Hallelujah! Some intercessor help me right now. Some prayer warrior help this preacher. I'm preaching to Jonas. Let's see Nineveh's converted. Your ministry will not fail. It will not be in vain. 180,000 repented because of Jonah. Somebody's life is going to be changed. Lift your voice, everybody in the building, lift your voice with Pastor. Oh God, let our family make a difference. Let our marriage make a difference. Let our children make a difference. Let our call make a difference. Oh, I'm not going to do my own thing anymore. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.